Welcome to Stuck in the Cry Room. We all know the cry room too well at church, the place we don't want to go. But feel we have to because of our situation. As Catholic families, many parts of our life can feel like a virtual cry room. We're stuck and don't know how to get out. Host Joe Holt and John Cox will discuss these current challenges affecting today's families. And provide practical solutions so you are no longer stuck in the cry room. Welcome to Stuck in the Cry Room. Hey. Hey there. This is Joe and John. And Joe. we're so happy that you're here. <laughs> I, like, I like how you introduce us and you just laugh to yourself. You know what? I, I laugh a lot. To my, Marty says that all the time. My husband. Manny does the same thing because He's, she does. Manny does the same thing because she thinks I don't like her jokes. And I do like her jokes. I just have no sense of humor anymore. <laughs> I, I don't know why. I, I don't know why. I laugh at myself. I will I will do that. And Marty says, was that really funny? I'm like, no, actually, that wasn't really funny. I have no idea why I laughed. Well, it's, it's the same thing of awkwardness. It's, it's <laughs> funny. I'll be with Monsignor at times. And I'll say something and I'll laugh just to like cut the uh, tension. Yeah. And then doesn't, and he just has that poker look face. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Don't laugh. Don't smile. Uh, I, I love it. This time period right now, um, you know, just the seasons. I, I feel like we skip spring and we just go straight into summer. It's really bizarre. Yeah. You know, I mean, we had some like cooler weather over the weekend and now today it's like 90 degrees, I think. Great? It's supposed to be 90 degrees. And so like in our house, we really struggle with like temperature differentiations, like from like the basement to the second floor. Like yeah. it'll be freezing in the basement. Yep. And the middle home. floor where the thermostat is, perfect. obviously it's perfect. And you get to tell for you're like, wow, it's like hot. where's the circulation yeah, up It's here? like Goldilocks, right? <laughs> Goldilocks. This, this floor is too, too cold. cold. This, this floor too is too hot. This one's just right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have the same issue. First world problems, right? I mean, yeah, true. Thank totally. God we have three floors. Now, if we had like a second furnace or like a thermostat, I'm sure that'd be different. But yeah, I, I don't need to, to no. have one of those things. We're, we're fine. We probably have more than what we even need right now. Yeah. When you consider other places around the country and the world, right? Yeah, we're very blessed. And I think just blessed in general, we should be happy about, you know, the, the virus and how things are. Why are you, you know, happy about the virus? Lowering. Okay, lowering. You know, the... not as many cases. I <laughs> yeah. think I'm seeing reported that it's like the lowest amount of cases we've had this week um, since March of last year. Okay. Which is really great. Good, Good signs that maybe people are getting the vaccines or if they're not getting the vaccine, they're, you know, just being safe and we're lightening the load for the healthcare frontline workers and um, things can open up more. Mm. I mean, it's been nice going into major uh, retailers and not having have to a, wear a mask. mask. Yeah. yeah, I just and I don't like mask wearing in the summer when it's really hot and your face gets chapped and then I don't know, my kids will just get like acne around the mask. Don't your kids like. From last year? No. These, they oh. were homeschooled and they were home all day. Oh. So they didn't so wear them We were the frequently. rebels. We were out all the time. Yeah. Going places. And that's why. Which is funny because I've had conversations with a couple people lately. And they're like, isn't it so great this year that we get to go on vacations? And I thought, well, you know, we kind of did that last year. I know a lot of people didn't do that. But we just didn't let the virus kind of get us down. Yeah. And I think we kind of looked at it as like, we're going to keep pouring money into the economy and just that's what I'm telling myself. We're just going to pour money into the economy and allow the airlines to be, you know, available and hotels to be open and, and all of this stuff. But um, mm. nevertheless, it's yeah. nice to feel a little bit of normalcy. You know, I don't know. 
<laughs> well, we have a great topic for you today. Well, speaking speaking of seasons, it's a great season. Well, I don't know if, no, actually, it's not a great season. Uh, no, so this season, it's LBG something, something, whatever letters. LGBTQ. Yeah, month or whatever. I think this there's is. another letter in there now, too. But yeah, yeah that's, um, it's Gay Pride Month. Yeah. I think is what you're trying to say. Yes. So Gay Pride Month, and everyone knows about Gay Pride Month. It goes on to, through different... No, different organizations, I think most of them celebrate it in this month. And you yeah. see definitely in the retailers, they change their clothing. You know, there's a lot of rainbows. Oh, God. Okay. That's another conversation. I know. I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say about the rainbow. <laughs> I wish y'all could see his face because like, I just, I'm just. We need to put um, this on YouTube. I know. Because, we probably need to switch to YouTube. Manny always says, like, I have all these facial expressions. Like, I don't have a poker face. Everyone knows that. <laughs> So you can totally, you can totally know what I'm thinking with my po my, my face. So maybe if this goes on YouTube, people can actually understand where I'm coming from in my. Well, yeah. I think what you're trying to get at is, you know, it, it's we feel it's very relevant and important for us to have a conversation about how we as Catholics respond to this, and definitely respond in the conversations we have with our children. Yes. Right. Yes. There you go. Okay. So that's, that's you said it much nicer. We're, we're going to have such have a said. great conversation today <laughs> about that. And uh, but as always, we like to center ourselves in prayer first. Amen. Uh, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We praise you for all the gifts you've given us, especially for our bodies and our sexuality and our identity. How our identity is wrapped up in you, Jesus. How our identity is wrapped up in. Um, our masculinity, our femininity, um, that you give us our identity. And uh, we don't get to pick and choose what we want, but you reveal it to us and we can embrace that and grow in that. And that our bodies can be sacramentals growing closer to you when done with chastity and holiness. We ask, especially for all the young, that they may receive the gift of chastity and holiness and purity. And that purity is something that to be sought after, to be embraced, and to be loved. Because it's in purity and chastity we can see you, God, for you, who you really are, which is true and perfect love. And so we ask to live this out in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, uh, I, I, I'm going to say one thing. What I love about our podcast is um, is who we are and how different that we are. Mm -hmm. Because I think we allow ourselves to have really great conversations. You know, you're the theologian. I'm going to say the, the the Catholic expert. I'm going to call you a Catholic expert. Ooh. How about that? Does that mean I get a, uh, well, <laughs> my pay grade has gone up significantly now? Yeah. As soon as uh, we could pay ourselves for the podcast, yeah. then I will make yeah. sure that you get a higher cut. How okay. about that? And then for me, I think that I speak the voice of the commoner, the, the person who, uh, you know, doesn't have that, that teaching, that education. Yet I lived, you know, 12 years in, in pastoral ministry um, and in leadership in pastoral ministry. So right. um, anyway, so I think that's great. But our parents um, are so lucky that they didn't have to ha deal with these conversations. Yeah. Right? I, I, mean, I think I said this. I, I don't know how many times <laughs> I've said this. I've been saying this all the last two weeks. Right. I probably said it with Dr. Selner, so I'll just repeat it again. My wife and I, when we were having conversations about what we're going to tell our kids when they get older, mm -hmm. none of this stuff was on the list. I think the only thing that was oh, on yeah. the list was, was 
you know, premarital sex. Obviously, don't do it. Gosh, that wasn't even on the list for my parents. Yeah. But okay. And uh, out, out drinking. Nope, not on the list. Um, Keep going. <laughs> that was those those the major conversations we were ready to have with our kids. I think those are the two major ones. Yeah. I mean, through my own experiences yeah. <laughs> growing up, yeah, that was on our list. Yeah. Right. I knew that I wanted to be proactive in sexuality conversations. I knew I wanted to be proactive on like moral values right. and um, um, promiscuity, and you know, talk about those Modesty. things. Modesty. Yeah. Those were important topics to me, but I didn't see this one coming. Oh no. And then it just kind of crept in there and you know then it's kind of like okay quickly we need a, a plan and you don't really think out your plan you just go yeah. uh, but i think that it's really great that we can take this time today to hopefully provide you all some some information maybe some tips some resources uh just on not only from our experiences right. but but john's wonderful education i'm just <laughs> i'm putting on this pedestal right now john <laughs> for today you're so great about like just naming off all of these like catechism references and the scripture references, and get ready and for no. connecting them together, which is really yeah. great. No, I, it's it's interesting as we're you know so Manny, Manny and I last week we were thinking I was like, hey, June's coming up. You know what that means? Really? See, we didn't even say it means, that. It means like, oh, we, we gotta have to talk again and just kind of because oh. well, it's in your face. I mean, this is the I whole know. point. It's it's. It's the whole, the whole agenda is in your face now. I mean, just look at Blue's Clues. I mean, that, that whole thing has gone nuts. I have no Are idea you, what oh, you're they talking had about. A, they had a, um, I guess, a cross-dresser, transgender person on there talking about who knows what. And, um, you know, this is, this is the whole point with, with the whole agenda is that they're, it's trying to normalize it. Right. Um, yeah. Well, the reality is, is sin's always been normal, unfortunately. Well, <laughs> but, yeah. And, right. and, and I don't think that either one of us are saying that, you know, that things don't exist out there. We right. know those things exist. I think just as a parent who's trying to raise your child in a particular faith right. um, with values, with truth, you want your children to, especially at such young minds, right. you know, to be exposed specifically to those things yeah. that you want them to see and to know right. rather than be clouded and confused right. with what the world is throwing at them. Well, this is the it's whole, getting more difficult well, to th like well, this is the camouflage whole point. yourself. Well, this is the whole point. There's no longer walking the line um, with the LBG community. Now yeah. it's a matter of you have to be either if you're not for us, and you're against us. Yeah. And this is the hard part is in my, my, you know, with all these stuff going on, that's the mentality. It's no longer you be you and, and we be we, or, you know, you guys do your own thing. We do our own thing. No, it's, you have to support us. If you don't, then you're narrow minded. And that's the hard part is the culture. It, to me, it reminds me of the emperor's new clothes. You remember that story, the emperor's new clothes? Yes. Okay. So she, okay. Look at her face right now. <laughs> The emperor's new clothes, but we okay. talked about it, right? So you have this this eccentric emperor. These two tailors come into town, and they go to the emperor and they say, "Oh, you know, we have these beautiful new clothes and new linens. Only these really smart and intelligent people can see them. You know, those people who are dimwitted can't see them or anything like that. So, and they're invisible. So if you're really smart, you can see the clothes and this stuff. And you know, you must be really intelligent. 
And so the grandpa is like, well, I don't want to seem stupid. So he's like, yeah, yeah, I see these clothes. Oh, yeah, they're beautiful clothes. Oh, yes, I'm going to buy them. So the emperor buys the clothes. Fake clothes. Yeah, they're fake clothes. but Invisible fake clothes. Right. But the, the emperor goes into this and buys the clothes, gives them money, right? And he's all proud of himself. He goes, I must be really smart and blah, blah, blah. And, of course, what happens, he parades down the, um, down the whatever through the kingdom. He's parades through the kingdom. And he's naked and no one says anything. Everyone sees it, but no one says anything because they're all afraid that, well, they might offend him. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so the little boy, and what happens? The little boy says, he's naked, right? Just says the obvious. He's naked. And of course, people all start, you know, saying that. And then, of course, he keeps going in the story, the Hans Christian Andersen story. He keeps going forward because he's too embarrassed to do anything about it. But what's very interesting, if you kind of look at that story, if we were to modernize the story and say in our own culture today, now the crowd would be taking their clothes off to be with the king. Because they're too embarrassed to say that this is ridiculous. We need to fit in. We need to fit in. And we don't want to offend the king. Yeah. And this is where the culture is going with this whole thing is that now in the culture, we are being forced into this and we are losing this freedom to actually have a dialogue or discussion about it. Um, because if you don't believe it, then of course you're labeled all sorts of things and we have the cancel culture. Um, I think that's such a great example of what we're talking about here. Yeah. Uh, even from the standpoint of the importance and the value of formation, yeah. a formation, how important that is for us to be formed, for our children to be formed through us, with us, you know, so that when they get into situations like that, they can speak for themselves yeah. and they can have a solid footing to stand on. Yeah. But if they don't have any of that formation, they're just going to be manipulated and coerced with the culture and whatever they're doing. Well, that's the whole point is yeah. our kids now are like the crowd right because right. I mean, my kids my kids thought this was around forever this whole agenda was around forever and it's like no it's only been here for maybe the last 20 years overtly correct the last 20 years or so correct. but since my kids are younger than that age they think it that's been the norm right. i'm like no this is it's like for us when we grew up in the 80s and our parents tell us about the 60s we're like no we thought this is the norm and they're like no this was not the norm the right. 60s changed everything. It's the same idea here. So our kids now are like the crowd and they see the emperor naked, but they don't say anything because they think, well, that's, we don't, yeah, it's, you don't say anything. Well, and there, and there's some ideas that start out with really good intentions, right? But then they just morph into something different. And we could talk about BLM. We're not going to talk about BLM today, but that would be an example of what a lot of people are articulating today. But I, you know, I was reading an article, I shared this with you before, um, in pre-show uh, from Catholic News Agency, and our friend Chris Stefanik, he was in there talking about how, when it first came about in these pride parades, what they were really about was like, you know, talking about how people should not be discriminated against, and they should be treated unfairly, and they should be treated with love and respect, but that's not what it is anymore. You know, the, the parades that we know today are not about, you know, try not to discriminate people but instead it's about like it's their own hidden agenda and what they're trying right. to accomplish right. so it's like as catholics we no longer can participate in that we we can't parade in that we can't we can't do that sort of thing because it's completely outlined of you know or out of line of what the truth and the teaching of the catholic church is and i right. think you have a catechism reference for yeah that. i mean this the so i mean this is the whole point like 2357 is the one that's quoted a lot in the catechism and 
to summarize it, it just basically says, um, watch, I'll just read it. It says, homosexuality refers to relations between men and between women, uh, between men or between women who experience an exclusive or predominant sexual attraction towards the person of the same sex. It has taken a great variety of forms through the centuries in different cultures. So, first of all, this has always been around. Correct. So we it's, don't have to it's panic. It's in the Bible. It's, it's yeah. in Scripture. Yeah. yeah. It's its psychological genesis remains largely unexplained, basing itself on sacred Scripture. It presents homosexual acts as grave depravity. So it's an absolute evil. Now, the, why? Now, that's the first point we got to talk about. We got to talk about why. The second part, the tradition always declared that homosexual acts are intrinsically disordered. <gasps> oh, that's so offensive. But let's kind of go through that part, and I'll talk about that in a minute. They are contrary to the natural law. They close, this is why it's wrong. They close the sexual act to the gift of life. Mm-hmm. That's why it's immoral. Right, right. right. Now, Because the purpose of sex and what its purpose is. We lost the purpose of exactly. sex and a nature and natural law. Right. So th- we'll talk about that in a minute. They do not proceed from genuine effective are sexual complementary. You see that in Genesis. Under no circumstances, under no circumstances can they be approved. So this is what a lot of people are get really offended about. And they actually want to change people in the church, we won't say who, want to change that paragraph to make it less offensive. Well, it's not offensive, actually, if we actually go through it. So let's do the first thing. Why is it wrong? Well, they close the sexual gift of life. Okay? Any the church teaches and has always taught. Any act that is closed off from life, any sexual act that is closed off from life, being open to life, is by nature intrinsically evil. Yep. So, so even a heterosexual couple, a man and woman who is contracepting, correct, it's intrinsically disordered and evil. Uh huh. Or one that chooses to masturbate. Masturbation would be another one, and the catechism says that's wrong as well. Right. So any act—that's the whole point. So that's why we're saying it's immoral. This is an example right. of one of those acts right. that are evil. So and this is the hard part, though. Disordered. Disordered. Yes. Exactly, because things are ordered to a final end. That's very Thomistic. It's, see, this is why people are offended. Oh, disordered. Psychologically, that's offensive. No. The people who wrote the catechism weren't t- thinking in terms of psychology. They were thinking in terms of Thomistic language, St. Thomas Aquinas and the Summa Theologica and theology. So the language is very different. So the word disordered in the theological Language simply means something that cannot achieve its final end or goal. So like this microphone I'm using right here. What's the purpose of this microphone? To hit you over the head with it, right, Joe? (laughs) Right? No. If I use the microphone. Well, nobody knows what really happens after this thing goes off. No. But if I use the microphone and hit you over the head with it, we could say the microphone's in a sense disordered because it's not using its proper end. Correct. So the microphone, it's ordered to or directed toward its final end or goal which right. is goes back to Aristotle and Aquinas to be used to talk into and to record sound, right? Right. Uh, my bottle has a purpose, this table, everything, okay? Right. So the question is- It was is, designed for purpose. Right. Correct. So the question is, what is the sexual act ordered to? We just saw Creation. it right there. Creation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? The unitive and the procreative. Right. So it's ordered to the procreative. Which is, which is you know, seen in the design of our bodies. Which is seen in the very design of our right, bodies. Right, of man, man and woman. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. So that being said, anything outside of being open to life is 
disordered. But every sin, every sin is disordered. If I start using foul language here, which I won't, but if I start using foul language, that's a disorder towards the use of language. Mm-hmm. If, if I lie, if I steal. That's a I, disorder mm-hmm. towards the truth. Correct. Okay? Yeah. So, and guess what? Here's the, here's the good, I don't, know if, I don't know if it's good news. You might, <laughs> it depends how you look at it. The reality is this. We are all disordered in some way, shape, or form. Because of sin. Because of sin. Yeah. Good old Adam and Eve. Thanks yeah. a lot. Yeah. We don't, we don't get the, <laughs> and the reality is we don't get to pick our sins. Right. We kind of inherit them. Some people are more attracted to alcohol. Some more people are more attracted to pornography. Some people are more attracted to greed. Some people are, have same sex, are attracted to the same sex. We all have our crosses to bear. Right. Right. We, and that's, I, think I love that's the, the hard, way you articulated that. And that's the yeah. hard part is that we don't get to choose our sins sometimes, mm-hmm. our, our demons, so to speak, our crosses. That's right. that's right. And so some people really struggle with that. So that's why paragraph 2358, we see the pastoral side of things. It says this in 2358, the number of men and women who have a deep-seated homosexual tendencies is not negligible. In other words, we don't blow this off. We have to take this seriously. This inclination, which is objectively disordered, again, there's that word again, but now we know what it means, constitutes for the most of them a trial. They must be accepted with respect, compassion, and sensitivity. Every sign of unjust discrimination and the regard should be avoided. These persons are called to fulfill the will in their lives if they are Christians to unite the sacrifice to the Lord's cross. In other words, this can be an opportunity of great grace. Right. But that's the same thing for all our crosses. If, I, <laughs> if I'm an alcoholic and I offer that up and I give up that alcohol, that can be a source of grace. Well, and a great opportunity for accompaniment. Exactly. You know, because as, as Catholics, as Christians, uh, you know, when you have a friend or an acquaintance or someone who is struggling with a cross— Whatever that might be. Right. You know, like you said, you know, they're an alcoholic. Right. Uh, you know, uh, do you just abandon them? No. Do you kind of say, I'm sorry, I can't be associated with you anymore? Right. Or do you try to accompany them in missionary discipleship right. and like but, help but see, them we gotta, we see gotta make, the truth? We got to make this clear. Accompanying does not mean condoning. Correct. And this is, and, and this I is, I love a, that you said that. And yeah. this is a clarification. Right. I, I look at my children. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and again, this is with any sin. Sin is sin. We're like, like whether it's greed or these sexual tendencies or fornication or contraceptive or masturbation, they're all intrinsically disordered. Right. And we've, you know, and I don't say we've all have done them. I don't know, but I know I've, I, I kind of fit in some of those categories and this is why we have the beauty of confession. But going back to this, we can't, we can't create something evil and call it good. You even see that in prophet Isaiah five, right? I mean, it was a mess back then, but my children, and, and this is where I, I even try to work with my children, trying to have my children get the message that just because I understand where they're coming from does not necessarily mean that I'm okay with what they're doing. Right. And that's always the balance and yeah. the line we have to walk and saying, mm-hmm. I understand where you're coming from. I have my struggles too, or if I struggled with that too. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make it okay. And the problem in the culture and society and where we are now is the fact of saying, well, if you understand where I'm coming from, then you must think it's okay. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's a false compassion. You know, I, if I see someone drowning, I can say, I understand what you're, I understand what you're doing. I, I, I almost drowned once too. 
it's okay. And they still drown. No, you, you say, you're drowning. I know where you're coming from. And therefore, I'm going to jump in and rescue you. Right. And pull you out of the water. Right. Out of sin. And that's what Jesus does for us. This is the whole thing. This is the other thing, too, is if all of this stuff is okay, which it's not, then why did Jesus, why even have a relationship with Jesus? Why even become Catholic? Why it's the point? Because Jesus died for our sins. Right. That's the whole point. He didn't come for the healthy. He came for the sick. Well, if every, if there's no such thing as sin or these things are okay, then we don't need Jesus. And this is why I find so interesting is that the Catholic church is not about inclusivity. That's kind of why there's so much confusion because people say, well, you know, we don't discriminate because we're all sinners, equally sinners. That's what, that's where the discrimination, there's no discrimination. We're all sinners equally and we all deserve hell equally. Okay. But the, but that's, that's the inclusivity part. If you want to be inclusive, we're all sinners and we all deserve hell. That's <laughs> the inclusive. And, and Satan would love to take us all to hell. But this is the key. What's the difference is that that's the church and it takes all these sinners and it gives us the sacraments and has us to be open to the sacraments. And the reality is this, then we have to be redeemed. We have to receive Jesus to be healed, which means we no longer live in these sins. And if we do fall back into whatever sins they may be, we go back to Jesus and the sacrament of confession. The minute we call evil good and we decide to say this evil is a good, then what happens is we don't need a savior. We don't need to be healed. And then why stay in the church? And this is why people are leaving the church because no one thinks they need to be healed because everyone thinks, okay. And this is to me why I think so many people are leaving the church and not coming back. And this is why evangelization is not working because we, instead of actually calling a spade a spade and saying, you're hurting, I want to help you. We're saying you're okay. And I'm okay. Let's dialogue and talk about a commonality. But guess what? There's a lot of commonality in hell. Unfortunately, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if this is a fair parallel, right. but I remember uh, as I got older, one thing that I really regretted was that my parents didn't have rules and restrictions and limits. Right. And I wish looking back that they had had those things to kind of, you know, to keep me grounded, to, right. to help, to conform me to something. Cause otherwise I was just left to wander, right. you know, without any foundation. And I somehow think when we get into topics of conversation like this, that mm -hmm. are very controversial, a controversial from the standpoint of like, even Catholics amongst us don't even understand the truth. And right. therefore they argue against each other about that is, you know, this is just another example of, of the church's framework, the church's love, the church's mercy and structure that for us as children of God to be able to understand why, what it is, why, so that we can live according to that and see the truth that exists. Yeah. You know, and, and so like, I even remember years ago, I was a manager at a very popular food chain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, there was a gentleman who would always come in for our deliveries and, um, and he was living the gay lifestyle Right, and he was a, a Christian. He was raised a Christian. And instead of just, uh, dismissing him, right. being rude to him, talking down to him, I really engaged in some really great conversations with him. Right. He knew my position yeah. as a Catholic he knew um, what I was proclaiming and what I believe. Right. And, and still, despite our disagreements, we were still able to have some really great conversations. And I even found him about a couple months later coming back to me and asking me questions yeah. about 
truth. Yes. And if I never engaged in those conversations, if I never challenged him or questioned him and spoke with love to him, those conversations would never have happened. Exactly. And so I think that... Well, it's like the emperor's new clothes. You had to come out and say, uh, you're naked. Yeah, do you understand those are imaginary, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. non-existent clothes that yeah, you're wearing? Yeah. Nobody can it's see that. You've been fooled. You've been fooled. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's what the devil does. He fools us into that stuff. And I think that's the, you know, that's the reality is the paragraph 2359, the last part talks about chastity. Like there are, you know, people who struggle with same sex attraction are called the chastity. Well, the reality is everyone is i think this is the exact, har- yeah and, and so, exactly and, and, you know and this is the hard part i think mm-hmm. in, in you know what is the source of all this is contraception i'll say that because what happens when you have heterosexual couples who are contracepting not wanting to have children and basically intentionally making the sexual act barren whether it's inside a marriage or outside of marriage then yeah what's stop anyone else to say well what's the difference between what I'm doing in my same-sex attraction relationship versus what you're doing? And the answer is nothing. So the reality is, I, I blame us, the laity as Catholics, who have been contra not me, but you know people who well, have been contra- the time that, that yeah. Marty and I did. Yeah, contraception. Yeah, absolutely. The fact that we've been doing that, mm-hmm. we've been bad role models. 100%. And so, yeah, in that sense, we kind of lose that argument. So this is why it goes back to chastity in the sense of whether you're heterosexual, whether you struggle with homosexuality, whatever it is, it goes back to the same principle and idea, which is we're all called to chastity, even in marriage, right? You're still called to that chastity and abstaining. Um, that's that's the whole point here. So the reality is in marriage, there's the cross of chastity. Some, sometimes it's more than others. Outside of marriage, the cross of chastity. Homosexual attractions, the cross. I mean, but those that cross can be a means of holiness and sanctity. And actually, I think it's the means because what we see in the Beatitudes, blessed are the pure in heart, they shall see God. You want to get to heaven, have a pure heart. What does that mean? It means seeing things for what they really are, particularly in the sexual realm. Right. And and as parents, um, if maybe this is the first time you're hearing the catechism, or maybe you've never studied the catechism, but you have one on your bookshelf. The fact that John has cited these three particular paragraphs within the catechism, go back and reference these, look at them, learn about them a little bit more so that when you have conversations with your kids, you can bring these out and show them, dissect it, explain it to them. Right now, Because that's part of the conversations that we need to be having with them. And the key thing is, is the word order. If you look in 23... 2360, it says this, it says sexuality is ordered to conjugal love of man and woman. Notice the word, uses the word ordered. But, you know, we kind of got to finish things up. So we got to say, how do you talk to your kids about this? Right. Well, age appropriate stuff, obviously. The main thing is understanding the human body and that the human body and the soul are intertwined. Correct. What we do with our body affects our souls for all eternity That's right. and how we see our souls affects the body mm-hmm. and our body. And this is the thing. The reason why people are so messed up because they see the soul as, as a ghost, as, as they would say, a ghost in the machine. The body is just a physical tool. I don't like this tool, so I'm going to change it. I'm going to fix it. I don't like my, what my tools are used for, so to speak, even though my tools are used for creating life. <laughs> Well, I don't like that. I want to change that. I want to manipulate that. And so we think like we see our body as just a pure machine. And we exercise and it just becomes a machine. And we don't like the machine anymore. We change the machine. We throw and dispose of the machine. The human person is not something to be disposed of. We would never dispose or dismiss someone else of their body, who they are. But we dismiss our own selves at times. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and why? Because our feelings and emotions, not the reality of what's stamped within our body of what God created us to be. This is what happens when you take God out of the picture, which we've had in our culture. This is why things are so confused because without God, we don't know what we're made for. And if we don't know what we're made for, then we get to choose what we're made for and we can go in all different directions. So we can't live this out unless we believe there's a God who made us. And so we do have to bring God into the picture. We do because he loves us. He made us for himself. And our hearts are restless because they rest in, until they rest in him because that's what we're made for. That's what's going to satisfy us. Not whatever things we go out to, our sexual orientations, whatever. Only him and him alone can fulfill us. And then we go to the Eucharist and now we feel that we find that fulfillment. I, I've had a person go through RCA many years ago, same sex attraction went through all sorts of ups and downs with him, you know, and what fulfills him is the Eucharist mm. because he knows he's made for that yeah. despite his struggles and his attractions and everything and his ups and downs, he's finally decided to live a celibate life because he's been through all the craziness before. And he's like, yeah, only the Eucharist satisfies me. So I would say like number one with parents is to make sure to teach, form your children to understand who God is, right. who they are, their identity in relationship to God. Right. Um, if they understand that and who they are, then they begin to also discover with your assistance who they are, who they are. And what are the kids looking for? Teenagers. What's the big thing in teenagers? What's my identity? See, part of finding our identity is knowing what we're made for. This microphone here knows who the, it is. This microphone knows who it is, I guess. <laughs> who he is, I don't know. I don't, Does he really know? I, know I mean, John, I mean, I don't But this think. microphone knows what it is. Because if, it, if the microphone could speak. You're right. The, the microphone knows what it is because it knows what it's made for. The microphone knows it's right. made to be recorded into. Right. And because it knows what it's made for, it knows its identity and it finds happiness because it knows where it's going. These young adults and children don't know what they're made for anymore. They're made, they think they're made for money, for pleasure, for all this stuff. And if that's the case, then that's why they're going in that direction. Only when, they, when our children know that they're made for God and God alone, and that's drilled into them, that they're made for God, and they see everything in light of that, then they begin to understand that they're made for God. That's where they're going. And now they know their true identity. Well, and they, and based on the identity, they can more appropriately make choices that glorify God. Exactly. That bring because, us to that final end. Yeah. Because as you said before, we see in scripture that homosexuality, right. um, and I know we talk LGBTQ, there's many different, um, you know, demographics or types of people that we're referring to, but in general, the, you know, homosexuality has been around for a very, 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 very long time. Right. Um, and this inclination, these desires, if you know who your identity is, then you know what to do with those desires. Exactly. Right. Precisely. Exactly. So, so I think that's helpful. That's definitely a critical teaching moment for parents with their children and to keep through the years to reaffirm that. And then upon that, then you can build on other instructions and teachings about you know, the, the body and soul and what it communicates in the gift of sexuality. Right. Um, and, and that's why even in marriage, you know, we will say that when you consummate your marriage, mm -hmm. having sexual relations after you've exchanged your consent in marriage, you're renewing your vows exactly because your body is communicating something as right. it is in, you know, participating in this sexual act totally freely 
openly to children to be providing yourself right. to them. So thank you all so much for this great conversation that we had today. I hope that you've enjoyed it. I think I'm going to go on the record and saying this is probably my favorite podcast episode. Okay. I've, well, I've two seasons. So okay. thank you all so much. God bless you. Please share this information with others and go out and be a light to the world. Amen. Amen. Amen.